Today we'll discuss the one issue Patrick Waugh has not been able to improve at all. What can he do about it? We'll talk about that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic, you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, you can email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. And we will answer some mailbag questions a little later on on today's show. You can also follow the show on X at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on X at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders all season long, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's great to talk Islanders hockey with you, game time or any time. You know, while the win-loss record has been mixed since Patrick Waugh took over as coach, one problem the Islanders have had in the six games that Wah has been behind the bench has been the penalty kill. The penalty kill has really allowed a goal in six straight games, and that's just not going to get the job done. They penalty kill nine for 17 in those six games. That means they've given up eight power play goals over the course of those six games. And Wah, trying to address it. We were unlucky. We didn't get the job done, period, and we have to get the job done. He's referring to the power play goal by Jonathan Huberdeau uh, in the Flames game Saturday. He said that was a key moment in the game because Bo has a really good chance just before that to make it a 1-1 game. And we gave up that goal and made it a 2 nothing game. And then you're digging that hole. I hope that we could build from one PK to two PKs to three. 
and then get some confidence. We're below 70%, and we know that won't do it for us to be a playoff team. And in the playoffs, we need to find ways to do the job. Yeah, they do need to find ways to do the job, and it just doesn't seem to be working right now. And statistically, the New York Islanders remain dead last in the National Hockey League. They have killed 71.3% of opposing teams' power plays, so 28.7% success rate. That's just not going to get it done. And as the coach, Patrick Waugh, alluded to, yeah, you know, that penalty kill, if you don't improve it, you're not going to make the playoffs. And if somehow you do, in the postseason, we all know, time and space is at a premium. And if you, the importance of the penalty kill and the power play, special teams, is magnified in the playoffs because the game is tighter checking, more intense, more physical, and there is just less time and space available. Therefore, when you have an extra attacker and there is somebody open and there is a little bit more time and space, you need your power play to take advantage and you need your penalty kill to more or less shut down the opposition's chances And it's not going to be foolproof, but it's sort of like the power play was a year ago. The power play was, what, 27th in the league last year for the Islanders, 28th. And every day, as you may remember, I was always saying, just get me to the middle. Be average on the power play. Well, this year, they're a little above average, 13%. But the PK has gone from really solid a year ago where they were ninth in the league at 82.2% to dead last at 71.3%. And look, injuries certainly have played a role. Cal Clutterbuck has missed time. We know that Casey Sezikis has missed, right now, uh, 10 games. That doesn't help. He's now back in the lineup for the last game, but it'll take him a little time to get fully up to speed and fully ready to handle all the penalty-killing duties. So, you know, you would think that one of the changes that Patrick Waugh would make uh, when he made the changes to the defensive strategy, where there's an extra guy down low, and he's trying to prevent teams from getting those high-danger scoring opportunities yeah, the, the specifics are different, but the theory, the strategy, has to be similar for the New York Islanders. And that means try to take away some of those high-danger chances, do a better job of keeping your goalie from being screened, and from the opposition getting those rebounds, those deflections, and chances from you know the two face-off dots making a triangle down to the crease area. And, you know, so far, it hasn't happened. That goal against Calgary that Patrick Waugh alluded to was essentially a rebound and a very juicy rebound. And part of it is your goalies have to be better at rebound control. But overall, the Islanders have to figure out whether it's being more aggressive on the puck 
or being a little further back in the zone or adjusting the way they play the diamond. Many times a penalty kill when it's five on four is a diamond and you react to the puck and move. All of those things have to be taken into consideration. And I'll tell you something else. The Islanders have two games this week only. Tuesday at home against the Seattle Kraken, and then the outdoor game against the Rangers on Sunday. And and believe it or not, the outdoor game, it is going to be vital that you get the penalty kill right. Because, look, let's face it, the quality of the ice is not as good, no matter how much better the uh, technology gets at creating outdoor ice. It's not as good as indoor ice. And that, again, means that your power play ends up having to be a major factor for, uh, and the penalty kill, a major factor in getting goals. Usually, outdoor games tend to be a little bit more low-scoring. The New York Islanders are going to have to be ready on the PK. And the good news about only playing Tuesday, tomorrow, and then Sunday That gives you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to practice. And if I'm Patrick Waugh, one of the things I'm practicing until I'm blue in the face between now and Sunday is the PK. I am going to work on that constantly until it becomes second nature. You know, late in training camp or early in the season, I remember... Lane Lambert mentioning that the team didn't get a chance in training camp to practice the power play much. And I know so many fans were like, how is that possible? Well, here's your window, Patrick Waugh. Here is your chance between now and Sunday with only one game. You've got a morning skate on Tuesday. you got a practice on uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's a lot of practice time to try to get the penalty kill sharpened and improved. You've got your guys healthy now. It is time to just implement the PK and make it work because it has hurt this team all season. If this penalty kill, instead of being dead last in the league, was 20th, 19th, a little below average, you got to figure the Islanders would have an extra four or five points in the standings. And boy, would that be a difference maker for this team. All right, we have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We are going to talk more about Oliver Wallstrom, his benching at various times during the Flames game, and where that leaves him going forward. Plus, we'll answer some of your mailbag questions. And for our Islanders' birthday of the day, a player who had a 40-goal season for the Islanders in the early uh, early 1990s. Let's see if you can guess who that is. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Sleeper. We are past the halfway point in the season, Islanders fans. The Islanders are in the thick of the playoff hunt. Well, I want to remind you that you can win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey 
because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Horvat, McDavid, or McKinnon will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Islander fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel on Amazon Fire TV. So Oliver Wallstrom continues to struggle. And... It's kind of disappointing because Patrick Waugh announced that he was going to play Wally. He was going to give him a chance. And right now, he ends up on Saturday being benched for the last, what, seven or eight minutes of the second period. Plays sparingly in the third period. And already, in just a handful of games, Wallstrom seems to be in the doghouse again for Patrick Waugh, and, you know, 26 games this year for Wallstrom, two goals, six points, he's a minus six, and, you know, it, it just doesn't seem to be working out right now for Oliver Wallstrom, and I get the feeling, and I'm not sure if Wallstrom's shortcomings, those being his lack of foot speed, and what some scouts have described as questionable hockey sense or awareness and what a lot of Islander coaches have said, you know, what he does when he doesn't have the puck, all of those things may very well just add up to he may never become uh, a full-time quality everyday NHLer. And, you know, he doesn't play a physical game enough or a defensive game enough to be a bottom six forward. But he doesn't seem to score enough uh, to be a top six forward, and he doesn't seem to have a role. You know, there was talk during the offseason that Wallstrom was going to develop into a power forward, be the guy who is physical and hits and goes in front of the net and gets those tip-ins and deflections and the dirty goals that we hear about so often. But... Right now, I, I don't think we really know what Oliver Wallstrom is supposed to be, and his lack of identity seems to be hurting him. Here, here's what Patrick Waugh had to say about uh, Wallstrom's lack of ice time. I was looking for a goal. Wallstrom didn't have his best game, and then the last, what, four or five minutes, I tried to double-shift Barzal with Pajot and Holmstrom, and after that, Casey Sezik is on the wing with them. I'm also resilient, and I'm also going to battle till the end and make sure we give ourselves a chance to come back into the game. So if I feel like things are not rolling the way I think I try things and get the guys going, 
that's also my job. But here's the thing. Wallstrom is supposed to be, you know, his biggest asset as a hockey player is supposed to be his shot. And so if you're looking for a goal, you're down 3-1 to one, as the Islanders were late in the third period. And Wallstrom isn't the guy. Then realistically, what is he? And if he's not getting it done as a goal scorer and not getting it done consistently without the puck, what is he going to do? And, it, it, you know, he's not going to be out there like Cal Clutterbuck where he's going to be getting five, six, seven hits a game. Now he's had three or four in limited ice time, but again, he's not a difference maker because of his physicality. And, you know, earlier Wall had said, oh, I have time for him, referring to Wallstrom. I'm curious to see where his ceiling is and where he's at. And yet, two games later, Wallstrom is riding the pine again. And that doesn't seem to be what I would describe as an extended look. So you've already sent Julian Gauthier down. Hudson Fashing is still day-to-day with that lower body injury. Does Wallstrom sit again when Fashing comes back? Or do they try to bring up Gautier again? And Gautier uh, was a little banged up Friday at Bridgeport. We have to check on his status. But, you know, would you bring up Gautier again when he's healthy again? Or if, if Wallstrom continues to struggle it seems to be the same old story right now with Oliver Wallstrom. And I think the bottom line is, you know, Lou Lamorello is limited by the salary cap right now as far as what moves he can make at the trade deadline. If he's going to bring in somebody who's really going to help this team, he needs to clear out some salary cap. But one thing he probably will be able to do between now and the trade deadline, is move on from Oliver Wallstrom. And the more I see what's happening with Wah and Wally, the more I think that Lou Lamorello, at least, feels like this is a chance to showcase Wallstrom for a possible trade at the deadline. But Wallstrom, you know, maybe you get a sixth or seventh round pick for him at this point. If there's a team out there that's looking for an inexpensive guy who might be able to get some goal scoring going for the team in the bottom six, uh, you know, maybe a a team like Pittsburgh, uh, although you may not want to make a trade within the division, but, you know, Pittsburgh's top six is solid, but their bottom six isn't scoring. Maybe a guy like Oliver Wallstrom needs a team like the Penguins, uh, where, they have nothing to lose by giving him extensive minutes on, let's say, the third line, and let's see what he can do to maybe jumpstart them. Uh, whether you get a low a, a prospect or a late-round draft pick, I think both the Islanders and Wallstrom are getting to the point where they both need that change of scenery because Wallstrom seems to be holding back the Islanders and the Islanders seem to be holding back Oliver Wallstrom. It, it just may be one of those situations where it's a benefit to both the team and the player 
if both sides move on and Wally gets a fresh start. We have got more to get to on today's show. We will answer your mailbag questions. Uh, Plus, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day. All of that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live, same-game parlays, exclusive props, and a lot more. And look, you got pro basketball, college basketball. You can even use your knowledge of the Islanders and hockey to bet on FanDuel. So check out all the latest prop bets and odds at the website or on the app. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports today at the channel on Amazon Fire TV. So let's go to the mailbag. It's always great to hear from you, uh, and we're going to do our best to answer your questions. And here's one from James in upstate New York. And James, thank you for the email I just want to say I'm excited to have Patrick Waugh as the head coach, but at the same time, I'm in for some frustrating games ahead because I've never been a fan of empty net hockey. I just think you have a better chance to keep your goalie in as long as possible, especially when you're only down one goal because essentially you're still in the game right until you're not, if you know what I mean by that. Uh, But when you pull the goalie with, say, two and a half or three minutes left, empty net goals are so likely, and the other team scores, and it's basically over at that point. I mean, obviously, this is just my opinion, but with Patrick Waugh's reputation of pulling goalies super early, it does not excite me. What are your thoughts on the empty net? Do you like pulling the goalie super early, or are you like me and you think you should wait until it's absolutely necessary? James, First of all, thanks for the email. I am sort of in the middle on this. To me, if you're down two goals, let's say, with three or four minutes to go, maybe then it makes a little sense because the odds of you getting those two goals without pulling the goalie are not as good. If you're down one goal, I would tend to wait till a minute and a half to go, maybe a minute to a minute and a half to pull the goalie, assuming your team gets deep into the opposing zone and and keeps the puck there, which, as we know with the Islanders, is certainly not always a given. But, you know, I do think that Wad does tend to go a little bit too soon to the uh, pulling the goalie for the extra attacker. I understand what he's trying to do, but, again, uh Sometimes, look, he's being bold. He's trying to give the team a jump. 
He's trying to say, let's go for it and, and, and get that attitude going. But again, uh, sometimes if you're only down a goal, I would wait till there's about a minute and a half to two minutes left, closer to a minute and a half. But if you're down two, I kind of understand why you might want to go two and a half, three minutes uh, remaining because the odds of you getting those two goals are just not that great, especially with a team like the Islanders, which doesn't have a lot of scoring depth. So how long are you going to keep Bo and Barzal uh, out there? Uh, you can't keep them out for three minutes, even probably with your timeout. So you got to be a little flexible, I guess, in that respect. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I understand it. And that's the attitude that Patrick Waugh brings to the table. So I guess... We all have to take, you know, the good with the bad. Uh, now we have uh, a, an email from Charlie, who has sent us a few. Uh, after this, uh, Gil, after this year, which I doubt will be in the playoffs, I expect the team will be shaped more toward Patrick Waugh's liking. He is the right coach, most likely the best coach we've had since Al Arbor. This group is flawed, as we know. Clutter. Martin and Aho drop off, making room for guys that can kill penalties. Uh, Scotty Mayfield has to pick up his game, although I know he will. If you sit him for Bortuzzo and send that message, okay. Problem with that, uh, Charlie, is that Bortuzzo is out and injured. Not sure when he'll come back, but sitting Mayfield for a game or two might get the message across. Anyway, the team has a good amount of parts and is close to competing, but keep draft picks and build some prospects. Wah can't lift a flawed team. You can blame Lambert all you want, but the players ultimately failed. Overrated, bloated, slow, and an old roster. Build off the nucleus of Barzal, Horvat, Nelson, Holmstrom, Pajot, Casey, Sorokin, Varley, Romanov, Dobson, Pelik, and Polak. Let's face it, we desperately need wingers that have some speed and some scoring touch. Dufour is the only guy in the system that fits the bill. Ishkakov is probably going back to the KHL. Bridgeport is a mess. Sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward. Charlie, I agree. You may have to take a step back to take two steps forward. The only question for me with that is Lou Lamorello doesn't seem to be looking at things that way. He always is trying to find that right button to press where he wants to get the team to the playoffs this year, even if they're the seventh or eighth seed, and hope that, you know, you get your goalie hot, you play the right way, and you're able to uh, make something of a playoff run. I think, you know, you got to start shedding some salary and shedding some veteran players. I most GMs, I couldn't see Clutterbuck and Martin coming back. With Lou, would it shock me if one or both of them are back for one year on a new deal? Wouldn't shock me. Don't think it's the right move, but wouldn't shock me. So let's see how Lou Lamorello handles this. They need, look, I've been saying it, and everydayers know this, since the offseason and even before that, this team needs to get younger, faster, and uh it needs to get younger, faster, and more skilled. To do that, you're going to have to trade away some of those guys to free up cap space. I want to see this team collect more prospects, collect more draft picks, 
to fill in what is inevitably going to be a big gap when some of these 30-plus-year-old guys slow down. <clears throat> but let's see if Lou Lamorello is willing to do it. Thank you both for the emails. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And Sunday was the 57th birthday of former Islanders winger Derek King. He was a first-round pick, 13th overall of the Islanders, all the way back in 1985. Made his NHL debut during the 86-87 season, playing in just two games, and stayed with the Islanders through the 96-97 trade deadline when he was sent to the Hartford Whalers. Had a 40-goal season with the Islanders in 91-92, and then a 38-goal season the year after that. Played in 18 games during that magical playoff run in 92-93. Three goals, 14 points there. And uh, after the Whalers, played for the Maple Leafs and the Blues, briefly in Germany, and then finished his career in the Miners. 830 career NHL games for Derek King, 261 goals, 612 points, 417 penalty minutes, add four goals, 21 points in 47 playoff games. Derek King, uh, a very good Islander, and we go back to one of his better games with the team, January 24th, 1997, at the Hartford Civic Center, Cue up Brass Bonanza because it's the Islanders in the Fisherman jerseys against the Whalers. Eric Fischo, the goalie for the Islanders. Sean Burke, the netminder for the Whalers. And in this game, Derek King scoring twice in the second period. Once from Marty McGinnis and Travis Green. Green, the only assist on the second goal. And then early in the third, McGinnis, the only assist. A hat trick for Derek King, two goals, by the way, also in this game for Zygmunt Palfi, three assists for Travis Green, but the hat trick for uh, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Derek King, he scored the game winner, had four shots on goal, and was a plus three as the Islanders beat the Whalers by a score of five to two. So happy birthday to Derek King. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we will have a full preview of the game against the Seattle Kraken, which is tomorrow night at 7.30 at UBS Arena. So make sure you join us for that. We'll also have the latest injury updates and news notes and happenings. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course... Let's go Islanders!